welcome to the latest episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Emily Khan, a director at PwC, and I'm your host for today's episode. Here at PwC, we've spent the year talking to private and family-run businesses about the transformational impact of COVID-19. Many of the changes these organisations have made, from their work environment to the way they interact with communities, look set to remain even after the pandemic is long behind us. Our new private business report, The Way Ahead, tells some of the stories we've heard from these organisations over the course of 2020. And today, we're really excited to welcome a very special guest on our first podcast of 2021 to tell us about their experiences of the past year. Now, like many people, I've observed with interest how the businesses local to me have adapted to the changing environment and seen those that have shown agility and creativity and a commitment to the community that they serve. In my neck of the woods in East London, a long socially distanced queue can be observed most days outside of the local bakery. It really feels like the centre of the local community, with people offering each other emotional support whilst queuing for their bread during lockdown. That bakery is a Gales bakery. So without further ado, I'm absolutely delighted to introduce Tom Molnar, the CEO and co-founder of Gales Bakery. Gales has gone from strength to strength since opening its first store in London's Hampstead High Street in 2005. Today, they have 60 bakeries in neighbourhoods in and around London, Oxford, Brighton and beyond. I'm also joined today by Susie Wolfson. Susie leads our private business practice, which focuses on privately owned businesses and their stakeholders, and who spends her days helping private business owners like Tom to adapt, change and perform in the world around them. As we are recording this during lockdown, we're all at home today. So hello to both of you, and I hope you are both safe and well. Hi, Tom, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm Great. well, uh, a bit chilly and it's raining this morning. So it was a, a, a wet start. Glad to hear you're well. I'm really, really pleased to have you with us. Are you there, Susie? Yes, I'm really delighted to be joining you. And, and like Tom, it's pretty miserable here too, but we will fill you with health and happiness. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm looking forward to that. Um, very warm welcome to both of you. Um, you. Susie, I'd like to come to you first, if I may, just to, to set a bit of the scene for our discussion. Um, I mentioned there in my introduction that our private business practice has been having some fascinating conversations with organisations over the last few months, um, which are included in our, in our report, The Way Ahead. Give us, a, give us a feel for that bigger picture. Tell us about some of the themes you've noticed in those conversations that set the scene for our, our conversation today, if you will. Of course, Emily, I'd be delighted. Um, the Way Ahead report came up with a number of themes. The first one um, was talking, I suppose, about the great pandemic pivot. So businesses had to transform um, the way they worked pretty quickly while wrestling with the fundamental sh shifts in demand for both their products and their services. Um, we saw quite a lot of digital transformation. This was accelerated as the world moved online. You know, we saw one restaurant group who accelerated their plans by four years to move their brand actually to an online delivery service. Um, whilst we saw rising sales figures for those people that could go online and, and these businesses welcome that, it also then saw the capacity to process these requests um, quite difficult. They had to think about housing the stock and actually delivering it promptly was actually a real challenge. Yeah. Um, we also saw, as I've just already chatted a little bit about, it was the time for innovation. The pandemic caused businesses to think about how 
did they streamline their business operations and drive both efficiency and maximize productivity? We then also saw businesses quickly um, move their attention to their workforce. And whether it was organizations looking at how they reassess the necessary skills or they thought about investing in in a different um, flexible workforce also brought some rewards. Businesses also moved to protect their people. They thought about hand sanitizing um, stations. They thought about creating partitions so people were safe. And also the social distancing became really important. And I'm sure um, as you stood in the queue at Gales, you know, the pavements were already marked to help that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The key thing was it was also about being beyond the financials. I've spent my life working with private businesses and they've always put value, purpose and sustainability at the centre of everything they've done. And across those different sectors, we saw leaders during that pandemic taking a bit of a pause and thinking as much about the people that they worked with, their customers, but the legacy that they wanted to be remembered. Um, and, and, And I suppose I think about myself and PwC and we spent an awful lot of time caring about our staff and caring about the people around us. Thanks, Susie. That's a fantastic introduction to our conversation. Um, I really want to come back to purpose later on because I, I've seen that too, and, and I know that's a, a shared passion for you and I. Um, but first, Tom, it would be really interesting to hear from you about kind of your experiences at Gales during 2020, whether some of those themes Susie just took us through resonate for you. Um, as, I, as I've just told you, I'm a customer of, yours, a customer of yours, so I've seen some of this firsthand, but I would love to hear your perspective on how you've adapted to all that's changed um, during the last year. Sure. Uh, well, I think Susie was spot on on a number of uh, things. Um, I mean, 2020 has been a, God, it's been a, it's been a long journey, 2020. And we all kind of start with it in, in March, April, when we had the really big shock. And for us, um, you know, you know our places. They're they're freshly baked, open displays, crowded spaces, and yeah. you know that's exact. You know that's kind of the you know the opposite of what where the world was going. And and so you had to kind of look through that and say, are we? You know, what's our role going forward? And you, you know. There's a big health crisis. We none of us have gone through this kind of health crisis before, um, and we had to ask kind of really what is what is our role and what would our space look like and you know in the future. So we we um, it was clear to us that we were bakers. I make that sound simple, but you know that's you know, we've been doing this for thirty years, serving chefs and then serving the public for the last you know fifteen sixteen years and you know, deep, deep in our DNA. And the thing that Gail really started was this commitment to making quality food. And when you kind of got past all the crazy announcements and this insanity that of an experience that you hadn't really put into your business plan for the year or even your strategic plan. Yeah. You, um, and you kind of said, okay, everything's off the table. What are we going to do? And we just, I think we, well, we clearly came down into, you know, th- this is our time. Um, uh, you know, very fundamental thing is that people need to eat and eating well is super important to us. And it was our, it was our opportunity to step up, not shut down. And 
that was not uh, just a decision of mine. That was, I basically went back to the heart of, of, of our business, which is the bakers. And, you know, that, that, that's our, that was, that was kind of our collective reaction to all this kind of uncertainty and pain. Yeah. It's kind of like your, you know, your, your, your parents, you know, hugging you in a time of, you know, feeding you with the chicken soup. And, was, and we kind of had this little bit when we could get a sense of humor on the whole thing, we would say, you know, let's, you know, basically this, the world needs chicken soup, you know, you know, metaphorically, you know, it needs to have good food that makes us, it keeps us healthy and makes us feel good. So of course there were lots of discussions about, you know, are we, you know, are we upholding our commitment to um, our employees? You know, which is something Susie mentioned. How do you do that safely? Is it fair to put them out there when there's a risk? How big is that risk? Um, our community, which needs to stay safe, but it also needs to stay fed. You know, what's the right balance? You know, how essential is a coffee and a brownie? You know, that was also big discussions we had. Um, but overall, it was to, we needed to stay um, we needed to stay baking and stay feeding people. There needed to be alternatives and good alternatives to just grocery stores. That really resonates with me as a as kind of my personal experience of COVID that I know my, my first priority absolutely was, was feeding my family. And I looked to food for comfort and reassurance during those, those periods of uncertainty. Um, and, and you can see to some extent when you, you use the phrase there about this was your time and, and the time to step up and actually you've, you've grown. Um, in 2020, you've opened several new sites. I've, I've seen what was it like kind of expanding and growing the business and going into new places during this period of, of such change? Yeah, I think that um, it was a bit scary. So we had almost finished two sites when the pandemic had kind of, um, you know, at the end of March, so um, 2020, when when there was the shut, initial shutdown. And, and we were just too scared to open them, of course. Um, we, in fact, we were shutting shops, right? So we had six, about 60 bakeries and we reduced it down to 11. Yeah. And we had to do that because we, we were faced with this big kind of um, challenge about how do you transform your business so that it's, it's safe, but still serves its purpose. So that meant that we had to wrap, we had to reduce the range. We had to wrap things so that people can get in and out. We didn't want people to decide too much you know, spend too much time deciding, you know, the, the key thing was not to um, uh, create beauty, but, but to, to feed people, which is a different thing. So we, we, you know, we packed things, it wasn't beautiful, but it got people in and out, reduced the range, the choice is smaller. Uh, and we needed to get our people, some who were quite scared, and rightly so, you know, who was available to work. And so that, you know, we wanted people to walk or bike to work. It's, um, it's really fascinating hearing you talk about kind of the factors that were involved in making those decisions and it and it all coming back to kind of what you were there to do and the fundamentals of your of your business. Um, I work in our risk business here at PwC and we talk a lot about decision making at those moments that matter and the confidence it requires from leaders to, to chart, chart a pathway through for people. Tell us a little bit about your personal experience of making those decisions and how you've taken people with you in in that balancing act and and finding the pathway through what's it been like yeah you mentioned confidence and i think that is really important to have you know when i think about my children or the youth of today you always want to make sure that they have confidence but um 
I think one thing that's really underrated in that decision-making process is, um, <clears throat> is humility, right? And I think humility kind of gets you to the point where you kind of, you are genuinely kind of seeking, uh, you know, help and assistance from the people around you. And so you're listening actively to, you know, what do they have to say? Um, you can have so much confidence that you just believe yourself and you, and you just drive something through. You're almost like a salesman. But I don't think that's yeah. in times of crisis. Well, that's necessary. You know, we have to make a decision and you can't wait forever to make it. I do think, um, you know, big decisions also need a little bit of time. And so, and they need a little bit of, they need, they need contribution from, from thoughtful people. And I think we were, I was really keen to make sure that we had, you know, thoughtful people, uh, you know, among, amongst us that really said, you know, you know, what is it? We have to have the confidence to move forward, but before we have the confidence, let's have the humility to listen to each other and to listen to what the world's trying to say to us. That's yeah, that's fascinating and, and, and lovely to hear kind of real life example of how you've done that. Mm. Um, Susie, can I can I bring you in a bit here? And, and I'm sure the story that Tom has just told us will resonate with you around kind of values and purpose being at the centre of, of that business story. Um, and you referenced many businesses um, transforming the way they work with that at the centre and their employees and their communities front of mind. Um, share with us a few other examples you've heard of businesses who, who've been doing that and what that's looked like, if you will. Yeah, no, thanks, Emily. I will. And, and just actually picking up on Tom's point, I think all of my um, founders and, and chief executives and, and management teams said the hardest thing was the decisions that they'd never you know, no textbook had, had, had helped them with this and, and actually no life experience had actually helped them with these decisions. And like Tom, it, it was about listening and it was about consulting and, and communicating. And I think from that, um, businesses have taken different decisions depending on what their key purpose and values were. You know, I've seen a number of retailers who hastened their move towards recyclable and compostable packaging in response to consumers during this pandemic saying this is really important to us. Um, I've seen, you know, again, across the construction industry, people have all, they've also started to think about how do we make more sustainable products and how do we use more renewable energy? And actually, interestingly, I've worked with one um, property company who I suppose they termed it putting um, placemaking, that, that, that they've redesigned one of their sites to ensure that it now encompasses community so that there's an awful lot more green space, that there's a lot more hubs where communities can get together. So, so I think for construction, the pandemic has made them think, what does their customer actually really need and, and, and what, what do people want? Um, for other CEOs, we've seen different. We've seen them think about, well, how do we keep the legacy of our business? And the only way we're going to do that is by cutting our own pay and making management cut their own pay as well. So so ensuring that some of the um, other staff can, can have jobs for longer, which I think has also been fascinating. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, it's not just about the things that you can see. So 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 the external factors that you can see um like like tom has done um and actually interesting enough p 
picking up on 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 some retailers. The other thing they've done is help their community and put um, community at the heart of what they do, which, like um, Gales, what they did was allowed other suppliers to sell their product in Gales because they couldn't get it to the customer any other way. So, we, so we've seen some innovation there, but we've also seen the impact on staff and, and the impact on mental health and the impact on being locked down and stuck at your dining room table. You know, um, some of us are fortunate that actually we live around green space, but, but a lot of other staff members don't. And I think I look at what PwC have done supporting staff. So a lot of this you don't see, but but one of the things that that we did, and, and I know a lot of other businesses have done, we invited a psychiatrist on our on our webcasts to help people realise that they weren't alone. And again, I think for me, the biggest tip from one of our um, psychiatrists was to, you know, in the good old days, you walked between meetings, so you had time to reflect and to think, whereas I know I, I just sort of sit at my dining room table. So it was making space, five or 10 minutes to walk outside. Um, and the other thing we've done is give all our staff subscription to the meditation app Headspace, which, which I think is helpful. So I think there's lots of other things that um, businesses have done that, that you don't actually see externally. Yeah, some lovely yeah. examples there. Really inspiring. Um, thanks, Susie. I, I, I certainly, and we've talked on a number of episodes of this podcast about some of the steps PwC's taken. And as an employee, I've, I've certainly felt the impact of our purpose in that regard as, as a constant during this sea of change. Um, Tom, Susie mentioned kind of some other things that, that you've been doing at Gales there. And, and I know that your, your stated purpose is about making good food go further um, mm -hmm. and giving back to communities and doing business in a, in a sustainable way. Tell us a bit more about what that means to you and, and how that, that's affected how you've responded to events of the last year. Yeah, I think there's a kind of two parts of like, one is, you know, one is waste, which is just trying to, you know, anytime, you're making something there's potential to waste and if you're buying good ingredients like us you know you 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 know you can't even afford to, to waste things and you have to think about how you can double use things so we came up with a whole line of things that were off cuts of of some of the products that we were making we also ended up uh, developing this bread over about it took about a year to really take old stale bread and then use that as as uh, an ingredient into the next generation of bread. That's uh, got our waste, uh, you know, waste less bread. Great. Um, and then, then you do, you know, you know, the, the packaging. You know, you talk, Susie's talking about some packaging that you know is, that material science is changing quite a bit. And then there is the, you know, she's talking about the workforce and about, you know, I was surprised when you see good food go further. And you know, no. We have you know customers that come and they're paying customers every day, and we bake for them. But at the end of the day, we'll always have something uh, left because it's it's for all fresh. And our guys, it was so important, I think, for the people in our business. And I, I was amazed how much this made a difference to them feeling good about uh, going to work and and about the business. Is, is the is the you know you know we did like 15,000 meals to the NHS, the end of the day stuff we would bring to the hospitals. Uh, you know, we have like 95% of our days full with, um, uh, with you know, end of day charity. It just became a much bigger thing because people wanted to help people. And I think that, that was just a great sign of, of how these things that aren't great can, can show how the world is a better place than sometimes we give it credit for. 
yeah I can I completely agree and and recognize that and it, it's lovely to hear that there was a way for your for your teams to to engage with that um through the things you were doing at Gales mm-hmm. um I'm sad to say we are heading towards the end of our time together today time's going very quickly um I would like us to turn our eyes to the future a little bit before we wrap up um as we record we're making steady progress on the vaccinations uh, it looks like there's a kind of a road out of the pandemic albeit a long one um but i think you know we've heard about a few changes here that um i get the sense some of which we'd quite like to stay um susie perhaps you can start us off tell us a little bit about your thoughts on what the road ahead looks like for private business in in 2021 and then tom i'm going to come to you for your your vision for the future too okay Emily, thank you. And actually, we've concentrated a lot um, on on this podcast on COVID-19. And actually, the one thing we haven't mentioned is the B word, um, Brexit. And and actually, that is one of the things that leaders are telling us that 2021, that is what they're focusing on. They're looking at their supply chains. some are because because there will be some increased costs. They're looking at perhaps creating um, Irish subsidiaries. Um, in a bid to secure that um, access to the to the EU, they do remain concerned about the increased costs. But again, um, and equally, recruiting staff um, in into London. But again, I always find with entrepreneurial businesses, where there's a challenge, there's an opportunity, and and they will find a way to to get through that. Um, liquidity, interesting enough, as as we look into 2021, I, I think. There is an awful lot of liquidity still in the market, which I'm hoping will suggest the bounce back um, from COVID will be quicker than we saw in the 2008 financial crisis. We are seeing lots of opportunities emerging from Brexit, and we anticipate that some of that short-term disruption will will believe will be a benefit um, for some of our businesses. Elsewhere, there is lots of optimism. because I think the pandemic has created some opportunity. And I think I've certainly seen myself, um, my local high street has had a resurgence, okay? Lots more people are not going to shopping centres. They are shopping local, and therefore the independent um, shopkeeper is having um, increased activity and, and also increased activity online. So we, we have asked a lot of businesses, you know, what's your outlook? Um, and, and most leaders are bullish about the prospects. Um, given all they've been achieved during this pandemic, they're just looking to um, be better, swifter and more productive. Thank you, Susie. And, and are there some things that you think we can take from 2020 that will help them to do that? What do you think some of the key takeaways are that they can use to achieve that? I think um, it's about taking the best of what you've learned from COVID and, and, and not leaving it um, at home. And certainly if we look um, about home working, you know, all of us are sitting at home today. And, and, I, and I think that is definitely here to stay. I think there will definitely be a mix in the home working. You know, we're lucky for those of us that can use technology and don't need to be in an office. Um, we will We will probably split our time. Um, but equally going forward, but I think for, for, for Tom and Gales, you know, people have to be in stores, but I think we'll work, um, we'll work that out and, and we'll, we'll take the positives from COVID and, and make sure we carry that forward and, and create, keep carrying those communities. So, so I think, and we did ask um, in April 2020, um, as half our 
staff um, were employed around the UK were working from home. 86% um, of our CEOs thought that um, going forward, that would be about collaboration, that, that we would never go back to the way we were. Um, we think um, equally the best of thinking about that the future is digital. 59% of our UK CEOs said transforming their business is top priority. I think we've started to see some people transforming their businesses already. I think that will go um, further um, as we come out of that pandemic and we will see more digitization and, and simple things, um, but, but we, will, we will see more of that. Um, but equally, we'll also see a focus on nurturing, attracting and looking after our talented people because people are at the heart of everything that um, businesses need and developing those skills um, will be important in, in keeping that commercial edge for businesses. Uh, I, I think also the pandemic has made us think about we are responsible for, for building a better tomorrow. And it is a difficult environment. We've got to start continuing to act sustainably and responsibly and support our local economies as well as using the advantage that business have to create brand and loyalty to our customers but we we need to do that in a sustainable way and, and I think we're only at the start of that journey I think 2021 and beyond sustainability will be an important part. Thanks so much Susie and that sets out Great context for my, my final question to Tom. Um, Tom, 30 years as bakers, 15 serving the public. Uh, what we all want to know is what you're going to do next. Uh, well, I'm pretty optimistic about how this uh, disruption has taken us out of our comfort zone and kind of taken us off, accelerated, I think, um, uh, an interest that's I mean, it's been happening probably the last 20, 30 years, but along a number of dynamics where we're prioritizing food uh, in our lives a little bit more. And I think what's interesting, unique qualities of food for me are that, you know, kind of it's, you know, it's ephemeral. It's not a product. It really, it's really something that you, a meal is something you have and then it disappears and then you create another one. So it's not just an object that just sits around. It's, you know, it also, I think, you know, you prioritize food, you kind of connect more to nature and to seasons. And I think, you know, in the end, food is our future selves, right? It's basically what we become, you know. And I think there's been, a, you know, for me, you know, we, I've always believed that, you know, you know, the, you know, a society that's built more around food is, is going to be a healthier society, not just kind of, yeah, at a cellular level, but also at a, at a kind of spiritual and emotional level, because um, it is something that we all share. It's something that shouldn't be driven to the lowest cost, it, because it's just too important. You know, it needs to be well thought out. It's not a widget. It's interesting to hear Susie say there's a move to digital, but I think this dis disruption should get us to think a little bit more. I think it has made us think a little bit more about what our connection is. To nature as well. So while we may be pushing, accelerating digital, I also think we're realizing a little bit more the importance of nature and how food sits in that natural world and how we sit in that natural world. Thank you. That's uh, such a fascinating answer. And I, I certainly, if I think of 
what I will personally take out of lockdown, one of the things I want to hold on to is the fact that we've eaten better as a family than we ever have because I've had time and it's somewhere I've channeled my energy. So what you said really, really resonates with me. Um, thank you both. I've really enjoyed today's discussion. And of course, thank you to everyone for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the conversations we've had with private businesses about the lessons they've learned during the coronavirus pandemic, please do visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash private business. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with our Business and Focus podcast series. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe and well. See you next time. <laughs>